Well, good morning. My name is Jason, one of the pastors here at Community Church, and uh, wherever you are in your walk, I am thrilled that you're here this morning. Well, uh, I want to introduce you to Craig Westrick. Craig comes uh, representing um, Summit Ministries, and he's going to talk about an exciting event that we have, but uh, Craig and I have walked a lot of miles together. How, just a few. So how, um, how long have we actually known each other? Well, that goes back to high school. Yes. So uh, we got some gray. We don't, we don't need to yeah. say how right. long that is, but it's more than 30 plus years. So yeah. And um, good night. We're neighbors. His, his kids were little and prayed us into that house. We looked at one house and that's where we ended up. And then I remember one day uh, my kids were riding some contraption down your hill and ran over one of your kids and we got the house anyway, which was a beautiful thing. So somehow in the chaos of the court, I don't think we've burned anything to the ground. No, but it was close. It's been close. Times. It's been close several a few times. times. So, uh, and you, how long have you been a part of this church? Uh, that actually goes into the 40 years. So okay. that would be 43. All right. So, so you're almost I've grown up here. Almost doors an, open weekend. an OG here, right? You've been, yes. you've been here uh, forever and have been in leadership and, and all kinds of uh, just been a real gift, gift to our church. So uh, I just want to say personally, thank you for what, uh, what you've done for our church. And that, I mean, it's <clears throat> so we just so appreciate, um, appreciate you. And uh, oh, my goodness, I can tell lots of stories, but that clock's ticking and we've it got goes an event the opposite way. To, to talk about. So um, there's this thing called Summit Ministry. Tell us a little bit about that and what, uh, what event we've got coming. Yeah, we've got a uh, high impact event. Clay, if you want to put that up there, uh, coming. Some of you may know of Summit Ministries. Summit Ministries is out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, and they have for over 50 years run two week intensive training camps for 15 to 30 year old young adults. So you can imagine, they do 10 camps, two-week camps, uh, every summer, been doing it for 50 years. And in those camps, they do a deep dive into biblical truth and how it applies to all the issues facing our culture at that time. And so what's happening right now that you'll see up here at Rooted Summit is through the pandemic, they made a decision strategically to condense that and bring it to communities rather than to invite people out. So we have a... Uh, 24-hour event coming up with Summit Ministries with three of their key speakers that they're bringing here to dig into how biblical truth applies to current critical aspects. And you'll see them here. Clay has it up. So we've got Jeff Myers, who's the president. And then some of you may know Christopher Yuan and his ministry around holy sexuality. Those three speakers are coming uh, on a Friday evening, September 9th, and then September 10th, the morning, Saturday, and we'll be digging into these three topics in this high-impact opportunity. So there were five leaders in our community from, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, five different churches, leaders, and two different schools gathered together, knew of this opportunity that Summit was making available, and said, we want to bring it to the south side of Indianapolis. Our community needs it. And I think we all just experienced why our community needs that over the last week, right? We need deep biblical truth applied into how we think, how we feel, and how we act in our community. So that's the opportunity yeah. that's before us. So we've got churches actually working together. We do. That, that's a good thing. Amen? Yep. So, so who can come to this? So uh, I would say 15 to 95, <laughs> if you will. 
the target audience is really high school, young adults, young marrieds. But the encouragement would be, if you're, if you're like me, these are hard conversations to have with your children or young people in your life. Uh, invite them and come. So we already have people registered that are uh, you know, up in their 70s and 80s. So that's the target. But if you have an interest or a desire or a need to dig deep into how God's truth applies to critical cultural issues today, this is the spark opportunity for us. So you're welcome. Under 15, probably not, but over 15, so think high school and up. Yeah, so what do, you, what do you hope to get out of this? What's the desired outcome? So I think our goal really is to take this emerging generation and connect them together. If you will, Jason, it's the good life we've been talking mm -hmm. about. How do we get below the shallow answers and simple community that's not rooted in the gospel? How do we bring that and offer that to this community to connect them? Right, and give them the opportunity to build safety in that community, not just because they're friends, but because they're rooted, if you will, in the gospel. It's good life. That's what you've been preaching yeah, and yeah. exhorting us. Yeah. So what do we do? How do we sign up? How can people help? So there's a QR code. Clay, if you want to put that up there, if you want to scan that QR code, it takes you to the website. It actually takes you to the registration part of the website. You can click on the home button page or the, or the home button there, and it'll take you to the details of that. Maria and I, you'll see her sitting over here inconspicuously with her Rooted Summit t-shirt on, will be out in the back. We've also arranged a discount code for all CCG members and anybody you would like to invite to be able to register for $20 versus the conference cost of $60. And so you can see us out back and we'll be delighted to chat with you. We've got information and flyers and so you could sign up today if you want. We've got t-shirts as well. And so come on out, talk to us. We'd love to engage with you. Thank well, you. Thanks, Craig. Would you, would you pray for us? We'd be glad to. Lord Jesus, uh, your truth is what we're after. Uh, I'm simply grateful to you for the uh, impact of your church here, this body, the people that you've used to uh, engage my heart and my mind and my feelings with that truth, not in a shallow way, but in a deep way. And Lord, I want to lift up to you our community in this moment that as we come together and grieve the loss of people that you've created that bear your image, Father, that you would teach us how to grieve together in such a way that we would receive your comfort, be drawn together, be strengthened, and be able to confront the challenges uh, in our community, in our culture, with your truth in a loving way that shines your light brightly and invites people to become co-laborers in your kingdom that gives them the life that's truly life. So, Father, I pray that you would offer that encouragement to Jason now as he preaches, that it would open our hearts and it would bring you honor and glory. And I lift it up to you in the name of Jesus, who alone makes it possible for us. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Well, in case you haven't caught the theme this morning, the better the way to the good life is found in a community, a community, a community who sees and shares the hope of Jesus together. That's what we're about as a church. That's what we're about as a church. Now, my question for you this morning, as you think about this week, it's been a hard week. It's been a really hard week. It's been a hard week in our, for our community. I mean, I, 
I remember when the Greenwood Mall was not the Greenwood Mall. I remember walking on the wooden sidewalks, the temporary sidewalks. I remember when it first got enclosed. I remember getting, I don't know how many hundreds of pieces of Luca pizza at that food court. And to know what went on a week ago breaks my heart. Just breaks my heart. And at the same time, as we are in a world that seems increasingly challenging, we have so much opportunity, so much opportunity to see and share the hope of Jesus together. So our text this morning, we're going to dive in and we're going to look fairly briefly at what it means to be salt and light in this world. And those are real churchy words. But I want to just ask it to you this way. Are you an influencer? Are you an influencer in our culture today? In the world that you're in, in the circles that you're in, are you an influencer? And what are you influencing for? We spent the last three weeks diving into this description of what it means to be a part of God's kingdom. What that looks like. Last week we left with this idea of um, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. And then to walk out of here and, and see that peace come crashing down. So our focus this morning is how do we Influence. What's that influence look like? And part of what is so unique and so riveting about Jesus' teachings is that it starts with who you are. And if we look at Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, I mean, we can come up with this core truth that who you are comes before what you do. Who you are comes before what you do. And what you do reveals who you are. So what is your influence? Are you the type of person? Are we the type of people as a community? One of the countercultural teachings of, uh, of Jesus is that it's, it's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's about us. There is a we to our community. But are we the type of church? Are you the type of person? Are you the type of family that naturally has influence for Jesus? Now, let me take you to Matthew 5.13. And we'll dive in and see what Jesus has to teach us this morning. Jesus says this, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus gives us two word pictures, two metaphors that describe our influence in our world. First, he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Well, what, what did that mean, first of all, to Jesus' audience? If you're watching your diet, you may hear that and say, salt's a bad thing. I, I, I like too much of it. I've got to get rid of that in my diet. But what did salt mean to Jesus' audience? Well, really, two things. Salt was used to preserve. We don't do that so much anymore. And it was used to flavor. I want to talk briefly about those. First of all, salt preserves. Salt preserves. So what is the natural process of meat if you don't refrigerate it? It gets rotten, it breaks down, and it stinks. What happens to a culture without the love and the hope of Jesus, it gets rotten, it breaks down, and it can stink. That's a real complicated message for you this morning. Are you and I, are we an agent, are we an influencer that preserves our world? Or do we just become something that allows everything else to, to break down? Are you a preservative against the decay. Now, in Jesus' day, there were a different culture, but you had basically Pharisees and teachers of the law, and their, their problem, according to Jesus, was hypocrisy. Their words and their, their actions didn't match. We'll get, we're going to get into that next week a little bit about the, the, the matters of the heart and the moral code and all that. But there were also the Romans who were just flat out brutal. It was all about power. Jesus would expose the rottenness of both of those cultures and say against that, Jesus offers something different. So does your love stand out? Not just your intentions, but love that shows up on your calendar, or in your bank account. I was so proud of our church this past week with, with our kids and our students, and I think back and I see these shirts and I see people who have given up their time, their precious time to be valuable to pour into the next generation. Anybody concerned about the next generation? About what, we need to fight against the tide, right? With the love of Jesus. And that takes time, that takes Eyeball to eyeball, shoulder to shoulder, we're going we're to get on the floor with kids and we're going to give them a picture of church, a picture of Jesus that is beautiful, that they want to be a part of. That matters. So let me say thank you to all that have had any part in that. Salt also flavors. Salt flavors. Now, our influence, our flavor, again, is a reflection of who we are. 
And there's a lot of directions we could go with that flavor, but I want to take it to this. Your influence is an indicator of your identity. If we're not flavoring the culture around us, why? Why? And again, this is not so much a personal you, this is a you all, this is a we. Why is that? What, what keeps us from providing flavor? What keeps us from just being bland? If Jesus isn't changing you, why would you share it? That's the reality. If Jesus isn't really changing us, why would anybody else pay attention to that? That's the tough part. The great opportunity, though, is to share that influence. It was interesting to me, thinking back through this message and the Apostle Paul, as he preaches, I want to take you to Ephesians 3.8. He says this, To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, the unfathomable riches of Christ. This word unfathomable. Do you see the riches of Christ as unfathomable? You know what a fathom is? It's six feet. It is a unit of measurement. That means you cannot exhaust the depth of the love and riches of Christ. One of the joys we got to fish with the kids this week out in the retention pond. You know how deep that retention pond is? It's about 10 feet. It's about a fathom and a half. It's kind of fun, but it's nothing like going deep sea fishing. Some of us, we just get stuck in the retention pond, I'm afraid. And we need to go deeper. Craig talked about the shallows. We need to go into the depths of the riches of Christ. So let me ask you this morning, do you bring the flavor of Jesus to a bland world? Or do you bring the flavor of the world to a bland walk with Jesus? Which way does that go for you? You know, I got adult kids, and this is what I pray for my kids. I pray that Jesus is more exciting than anything else they have. I don't care how much money they make. I don't care how beautiful of trips they take and all those things. But is Jesus the most exciting, adventurous part of their lives. Was blessed last uh, Saturday, difficult circumstance, but uh, Brad, our wonderful exec pastor, uh, lost his grandfather suddenly to a heart attack, 85 years old. And Brad had really the on and honored his grandfather and, and preached the funeral. And one of the, just really touched me because it gave me a vision of grandparenting that was just really cool. Another dimension of that. And, and his grandfather loved Notre Dame football. Loved the Cubs. Loved ice cream. Loved birds. Loved snacks. All the grandkids talked about that. But you know what he loved above all else? Jesus Christ. And that was at the center. That was at the core. And that testimony was universal. I've been to lots of funerals. I know when things get kind of 
embellished a little bit and when things are real. This was the real deal. This was the real deal. That's a life of influence. Now very quickly, you are the light of the world. I grew up in church and Sunday school and this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I asked Matt if he could sing it. He vetoed it. We're all grateful for that. But does your light shine? What does that, what does that look like? We got a culture right now that looks out at the church and looks out at Jesus and I think is confused. I think is confused. I think there's a beautiful picture of Jesus, a beautiful picture of the kingdom, a beautiful picture of the church that our culture sometimes misses. We forget sometimes how truly revolutionary and countercultural the message of Jesus was. You know, as we think about, you know, we've tried to paint a little bit of a picture of kids and men and women and different places of serving, different ages, all, you know, it's, it's a beautiful picture. I love what Paul says in Galatians 3, 27, 28. He says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. There's a message that we take for granted sometimes that was so countercultural to anything that was available in Jesus' day. We ought to lean into that vision and make that more clear. John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to the people and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus did, didn't just like spout poetry from the mountaintop. He was in, in the thick of it with people. And, and as he said this, you know, there were, there were crowds that flocked to him, but there are also people who challenged him. When he said these words, you know what they said to Jesus? Hey, who's your daddy? Who's your father? What, on what authority do you make this claim? To be the light of the world? What a claim. What a claim. That's not a claim that deserves a moderate response. We got to be all in or we got to say this, this is nuts. Now, Jesus rose from the dead to prove that it was true. That's what he did. Now, light does two things that I want to focus on. First of all, light reveals. Light reveals. What does light reveal? It reveals the truth. Had an opportunity this past Friday for a community prayer vigil, and it was a great opportunity, and it was great to bring the, the community together and, uh, and pray. And on the platform, we had everything from uh, a rabbi to a Catholic priest to different denominations of the Protestant church to Islam and Buddhism. I mean, it was, it was a... It was a big stage, a big platform. So at one level, we can say, yes, as, as a, we, can, we can unite and we can love our community, 
But at the same time, there is an exclusivity to the claims of Jesus. There is an exclusivity. So when I, when I pray, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. <laughs> the name above all names. And the resurrection is true. So we can be kind, we can be winsome, we can be all those things, but we ought not back away from the fundamental truth of who Jesus is and what his word says. Light also directs. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. How do you see Jesus? There's a light that is revealed, the truth. We don't apologize for that. We don't back down from that. At the same time, how do others see you and what do they see in you? What do they see in us? Jesus is clear. They ought to see our love. They ought to see our good deeds. And what do those good deeds do? They direct our vision to the Father. That's what the light does. So what is in between for you? What keeps people from seeing that light? Three quick action steps for you. Three what nows. First one is simple. Take a step of learning with someone who has a different perspective than you. Maybe it's age, maybe it's disagreement on politics, whatever those differences may be, but take a step of learning and listen to one another. Two, take a greater step of vulnerability. Part of the charge against the church sometimes, oh, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. When we portray an image that's not true, that charge can, be, can stick. May we share what's really going on in our lives. And, and finally, invite someone outside the church to take a step towards our church community. We have a beautiful community. We have a lot to offer. Would you take that step and invite somebody to something? And that could start with, hey, come over for dinner at my house. And let's build a relationship and let's take a step towards the community. A better way to the good life is to share the hope of Jesus together as a community. Now, as a community, as those who put their faith and their trust in Christ, one of the ways that we remember that is we come to the communion table together. And I want you to think about the cross for just a minute. What did the cross mean back at the time of this teaching? You know what the cross represented? The cross was the most brutal instrument of execution. And it represented the power and authority of Rome. And think how in a couple of decades that cross was transformed into the greatest representation of love that the world has ever seen. And this morning as we come to the table together as those who put their faith and trust in Christ we remember that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he gathered his disciples in the upper room. And after giving thanks, he broke the bread and he gave it to them. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take, 
eat, do this in remembrance of me. So may we receive the bread together. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup. He says, this cup represents my blood, the blood of the new covenant, blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. So just as we receive the bread, may we now receive the cup together. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you this morning thankful for the picture of your kingdom, thankful for the opportunity to be a part of your community, your family. And Lord, we ask now that your spirit would work in us to transform us so that we can be salt, we can be light, we can help bring about preservation, we can bring freedom, we can bring truth and love to a community who desperately needs it. And may we do it together. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.